Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Bites. I'm Andrea Smith here in the New York studio with Amy Oztan. Hello. Nice to see you, Amy. And uh, for a change, I'm here and Rebecca Levy is not. Rebecca's in Miami. (laughs) Is it sunny there? It's absolutely gorgeous. I don't even want to tell you how beautiful it is here. Yeah, because you know what it is here, right? It's like January. I know. I saw saw, um, in my app. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was waiting at the train and literally was wishing I had my earmuffs. Yeah. It's oh, my that, God. It's that okay. bad. I wore gloves this morning. Uh, it's like 80, sunny, and no humidity, which for Miami is crazy. Shut up. And for your hair is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Well, so Rebecca's in Miami, um, working hard, though, I must say. So today we're going to talk about a few topics um, ebooks to ebook or not to ebook, and this is a really interesting conversation we've had with a few people lately. Uh, and we're going to talk about Snapchat, mostly because none of us are on it. We have a lot of <laughs> observations, so we have a lot to say about it. And uh, then we'll have our bites of the week. Okay, so our first topic is ebooks to ebook or not to ebook. And um, Amy shared an article from I think it was CBSNews.com um, yep. talking about you know a lot of people still like their physical books. They like to hold them. They like to be able to see uh, how far along they are. They maybe like to cheat a little bit. I love love being able to look and say, (laughs) I'm 18% through this book. And some people prefer the digital version where they can see that. And uh, and honestly, for vacation, it's so much easier too. So, So it's this article talking about the pluses and minuses. What I found really interesting is that they talked about how eBooks are easier for people with dyslexia and other um, kind of disabilities because they can adjust the font and they could just put a few lines on the screen at one time to help you focus better. So guys, what do you think? Ebook, physical book, what do you use? You know, for me, um, I- I'm ebook all the way because it- it's not that I necessarily like ebook better. Like I-, I, c- I totally get the people who fetishize books and want to feel the pages and-, and like having their books and like being able to write in them. But I don't read when I have books. I read when it's with me all the time on my phone. If it's there, I read it. It's as simple as that. Rebecca, I what are you e-books. reading down there? <laughs> I hate ebooks. I hate ebooks. I don't. I rarely, rarely download an ebook um, or use my Kindle app, even though I have it. I don't like reading on a tablet. I like a physical book. I shove it in my bag, take it with me everywhere. I just don't feel like I retain what I'm reading when I read it on a screen. I just don't. I can that, read it while I'm reading it and I don't remember a single thing after. And That's interesting. The studies agree like with it. you. The studies say yeah, the studies yeah. say that you retain better when when you're going through physical pages. Yeah, I just and I mean I I am one of those people I don't fetishize books, but I really like a book in my hand. I like the way it feels much better than holding a tablet. I find the tablet gets heavy. Um I, just, I don't know. I, I, and it's the same way with magazines. I, I still get physical magazines for my the magazines that I read long form um, okay. articles in. This is weird because I have not switched over to ebooks for magazines. I still need the physical mm-hmm. magazines. I still need a newspaper. It's only books that I love them for. 
That's weird. Well, and I like books on an e-reader when I'm on vacation because sometimes my husband and I like to share a book. He'll read it first because he reads it in one day. <laughs> and, then, and then I get it. And I, I like when we have a device that we can just share them on and pack four or five books on vacation yeah. rather than take four or five big heavy books in my suitcase. But it, it is interesting because in the story they say that, you know, as you would expect, young reluctant readers prefer e-readers. And of course, because it's that's what's in common with their electronic devices, with their tablets, with their phones. That's how they do everything else in life. Yeah, the article mentioned boys especially that boys who are reluctant readers tend to gravitate towards it when it's on a when it's on a tablet or a device. Yep. But yep. you know what I so I mean all we do is work with kids at Kids Views, right? We actually just had five kids doing reviews of the new um, the Kindle for Kids bundle. So it's like the cute little Kindle. It's a cute case for it. It's all this stuff. There's all these amazing features within that that are really helpful for kids. There's a vocabulary feature. You can tap. You can get the definition of words. I love. I use that all the time. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> there's annotation. There's spelling. There's like, there's just for a kid who wants to dive down into a book or who is maybe reading a book they're not quite ready for, I think that can be great. And what I like about that e-reader is that it doesn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I think what you run into trouble with, with kids in particular, is if they're doing the Kindle app or the iBooks app on a general tablet, because the chances of them staying reading are slim. Right. Yeah, me you too. Know, that I, happens to me, too, when I have the distraction. I have not yeah. found a way yet on my Android phone when I'm on the Kindle app to keep the emails from popping up on top, which is very distracting. Yeah, I, I put it on airplane mode. Yeah, it, yeah, if I put it on airplane mode, then I won't get distracted. But otherwise, there's no way to just make that the screen and have nothing else appear. Yeah, I actually had a dad tell us a story about his daughter who was a super bookworm. And they got her, I don't know if it was a Kindle Fire. It was a tablet. She started reading on her tablet. She gave it back to her parents because she stopped reading. Mm, yeah, She thought she would read so much, and she didn't. She was playing Candy Crush. She was playing, you know, Doodle Jump. And she wasn't reading anymore and actually freaked her out. She was like, just gave the thing back to her parents and said, I, I can't do this. Wow. Like, that takes yeah, willpower. Well, my, yeah. my daughter, Fiona, she's 11. She hates e-readers. She won't do it. And one day I saw her shoving the entire giant hardcover little women into her backpack. I was like, sweetie, we have that on Kindle. She's like, that's not reading. Yeah. Oh my, my God. Girls also, my girls are 14 and they won't read on an e reader. They really, really don't like it. But my son does. So there yeah. you go. There's yeah. that girl There's boy, the boy device divide. Boy he also, thing. he's got a long subway commute. You know, it's, right. it's there, it's on its phone. And it's not heavy. You're not carrying yeah. an extra book. The other really, yeah. um, the other thing they point out, and we talk about this a lot, um, is the fact that if you're reading it on an iPad, you know, with that display, the light will keep you up. They talk about mm-hmm. how, you know, that kind of reading at night causes sleep problems. But Apple just did an update. Except if you're using the screen, you know, the e-ink technology and different screens that don't have that OLED. No, but Apple just just did did an update where it automatically at night goes to like a more yellowish screen, which is supposed to not um, affect your, your brain as much. Yeah, it um, has night mode now, yeah. so it Kin- creates like an yeah. amber glow. Yeah, Kim- Kindle Fire also has yep. an update that you can do. I think that came out about six months ago. So yeah. that, at least, they're, they're starting to fix that problem. But honestly, if yeah. I'm going to read at night, I usually just grab my... I, if I'm at home, it's usually my actual 
Kindle, which is like e-ink, which looks fantastic. Yeah. And it's great at night yeah. when it's dark. It really shines. Yeah. 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 Yep. Now, the interesting thing is that um, I found an article from last year in the New York Times. Everybody had been saying that e-books would kill publishing, and it hasn't happened. It, it just, it, it's publishing, books are actually going up. So I, I kind of wonder, it didn't have enough data to break it down to see if everybody's reading more overall. I do wonder if e-readers cause people like me, because, you know, I mm -hmm. really, I was not reading books before I got a Kindle like four years ago. Um, so I do wonder if it, if maybe there's like a net gain. But it's a new model because you're not actually buying a physical book. So it's a whole new model of buying digital books for your device. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's, it's. You know, it's another well, book it being be more profitable. It should be more profitable for a book company because right. they don't actually have to. They don't have to publish the book. Um, and even and the library. Last time we went on vacation, I couldn't believe this. My library offers Kindle Fires. Oh yeah. Preloaded with like fifty books on them. Are you kidding me? No. Well, you like you also, check it out. If yeah, you, you a, check um, out the tablet, and then like so, we chose one that had certain books that I knew Dick and I wanted to read, and it was great. Then you return it. You can it. also borrow books on the Kindle app. Yeah, so but that's a little more confusing. So if you have a library card, you can borrow um, digital books. Yeah, I know people are like, oh, yeah, I'm in line for that at the library for right. my Kindle. Like right. you still, I guess they you only still have... have to download it to yours, and then after two weeks it disappears, where I feel like if I get the tablet that's preloaded with it, if I'm late returning the tablet, I can at least pay the fine, but it's not going to disappear. In front oh, of and then right. you go back in line. <laughs> I can right. at least I finish that say... last chapter. But the best, you can also um, rent audiobooks from your library. Yes, I love that. Which So now, audiobooks, I happen to love. I'm not a big fan of the ebook, but I do love audiobooks. And that, they're incredibly expensive. They are. They're so expensive. Although, yeah. although on Amazon, lately, if you buy an ebook, you can add on the audiobook for usually about the same price. So instead of paying like $30 for the ebook, you can get it for like 11 or 12 or oh, for the for the audiobook, I mean, yeah. Right, for the so, audiobook. But so, it is crazy. It is. Yeah. I used to go, like five years ago, when I was in my book group still and commuting to ABC every day, I would go to the library, rent or borrow an audiobook on CD. And then <laughs> CDs, I would get like 15 CDs and one by one load them onto my computer, then transfer them to my iPod, uh, and then listen to it in the car while I was driving. And everyone thought that was brilliant. Yeah, no, they're great for car trips. <laughs> yeah, uh, If my husband and I could agree on a book to listen to, they would be great for, for car trips All that right. we both take. Yeah. So I will say the one thing about ebooks that is pretty universal um, in theory, even though so many companies are trying to do this, is the picture book for kids. Oh. It's actually really not the same at all. You know, um, even your kids need to turn the pages. Mm -hmm. They need to really look at the pictures. They need to sit on your lap yeah. and flip a book. Um, they need to be able to pull it off the shelf on their own and read themselves because it, that's it's so critical. And those are the ones I really, as beautiful as they are, I'm not a fan of the picture books digitally. I totally agree. And honestly, anything with pictures is kind of a nightmare on an ebook. Like I, I'm reading a book yeah. right now where I know that if I were flipping through the book, the pictures would be there as I'm reading. But instead, mm -hmm. I'm going to get to them in, like, one big group at the end or something or in the middle. It's really annoying. That's annoying. I also find it annoying if you're reading a book that has, like, a giant family tree. Like, I know when, like, <laughs> when you read, you know, if you're reading War and Peace, if you're reading um, Love in the Time of Cholera, mm -hmm. like, there's always that giant family tree in the beginning. And I always have to flip to the front <laughs> and, like, check it again. 
You can't well, do that on an ebook. It's really annoying. That's true. Well, um, oh my God, the actor whose name is escaping me, who wrote a fantastic like choose your own adventure book a couple of years ago. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, I made the mistake of buying that initially on Kindle. Oh my god! It was impossible to read. I had to buy the actual book. It was just too confusing. You couldn't get back to where you were and choose. Oh, because you're going back and, and forth and back. Yeah, it was yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> Not made for Kindle. No, they're definitely no. and cookbooks. I still have to buy physical cookbooks. Those are really bad on e-readers too. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I definitely love physical cookbooks. I love looking through them, but then I always end up pulling up recipes digitally. Yeah, me too. But I have my tablet. But often what I'll do is like I'll I'll use um oh what's that one Microsoft app? It Microsoft I'll 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 post a link to it because I can't remember the name, but Microsoft has a great app where um it takes a picture of the page and translates it to words instantly. So I'll take a picture of the cookbook page and then I'll have it in OneNote. Like a oh, minute later. That's cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh. It's and it's searchable. It just it turns it into a searchable document. Very All nice. Right. You'll have to send a link to that. Okay, so our next topic is Snapchat, and uh, we've all admitted that we don't use Snapchat, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. We'll figure well, that out. I'm actually trying, but you know, I'm selfish mom everywhere. Like on every single social media site, I am selfish mom, and selfish mom on Snapchat is taken. And the really sad thing is, I think I took it, like when Snapchat <laughs> first appeared, and I can't get back on. So as soon as I can get on, I'm, I'll use it. All my friends you are there now. You can't do a forgot password thingy. No, it's not working with any of the emails that I've that I've had. But I almost, I, whenever there's a new platform, I always go grab my name. So it had to have been me. Yeah. Who else wants to be selfish, mom? I know. Nobody else wants to be. So, well, can you see if someone else is posting? Is well, anyone else posting? See, that's the thing. Like, I had several people follow the Selfish Mom account, but since it all disappears, they don't know when they last posted. So they just have to kind of keep checking and see if the person posted. So, yeah. So, But I want to be on it because, um, honestly, a lot of my friends in even just the past month or two have switched over to Snapchat for fun stuff. Like, they're not – I'm friends with so many bloggers – they're not using it for work. They're not using it for blogging. They're not using it for promotion. They're using it to just have fun and be silly. Yep. And I'm seeing a lot of that. So I'm seeing on Facebook some bloggers that I that I am friends with are posting Snapchat pictures that they've taken with those filters where you're putting like cat faces or different faces on. Yep. And they're posting these pictures and clearly having fun. And then my husband and I were at an author reading or talk at the library the other night. You can tell I love my library. <laughs> and um, there was this guy a couple of rows ahead who clearly wasn't being entertained by the author, but he was being entertained on Snapchat by taking pictures, applying these filters, showing it to his wife, showing it to people around him. And I kept thinking, dude, you're like 35 years old. <laughs> Seriously? But I guess well, this is what people are doing. I think that just is the death knoll. Of <laughs> right. Exactly. And, you know, it's a very typical pattern for these apps, right? That they come out, kids are using them, everyone panics using them, and adults don't understand it. So for right, the first two years of Snapchat's existence, it was, oh, my God, your kid's on Snapchat. All they're doing is sexting. This well, is the worst app ever. That's your where you went to see dicks. That's, I right. mean, that's what it was for. You went there to see penises. Right. Or, well, or you got sent them whether you wanted to see yes. them or not. 
And, um, you know, and it's disappearing. So it's so scary about it. But someone can take a screenshot. and These kids don't know it. They think it's temporary. And then, lo and behold, every brand starts using Snapchat. All these parents start getting on Snapchat. You have to think that the kids will soon be moving off of Snapchat. Yeah, absolutely. It, like they did with Facebook. Like this, you know, it's just not cool or fun um, anymore. So all the grown-ups are ruining Snapchat. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> our job kids. as parents is to go ruin all of the fun stuff that our kids are doing. So well, but job. I do think it's a really important place for parents to be if your kid has a Snapchat account. Um, kids are doing it. They're not just using Snapchat as it was, which is like send a picture and see it disappears, but they're creating stories. Um, I think the Snapchat story is sort of the new way to share in a big way for are kids. Ki- like kids they, are doing that or together. brands? Yeah, kids. I mean, brands have caught on and they're doing it, but kids are mostly creating stories. They're not just sending individual Snapchat pictures anymore or messages. Um, they're using them and it's using it much more creatively. And, you know, they sort of figured it out. They figured out how they wanted to use it. And adults now are getting on and using it stupid, like stickers <laughs> and cat face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, really, seriously, um, all of my 40-year-old friends are doing the things that I would expect my 11-year-old daughter to do. It's kind right. of fun to watch. But is that because it's the only way they can figure out how to use it? Yeah. i mean exactly right you can do that with instagram you can do that with all of these you know photo filter apps so i think it's their way of saying look how cool i am i'm on snapchat but yeah i mean adults don't even know how to crop their picture correctly inside the little ghost (laughs) dude like they look so stupid half of them so that's the Um, other thing (laughs) everyone using that ghost picture as their picture on twitter What's the point? I don't understand the point. What? So a lot of the people I follow on Twitter, their Twitter headshot, so to speak, you know, their their picture that they put up is the ghost picture from Snapchat with their picture in it. Oh, yeah, that's really the beginning. Isn't that weird? That is, I mean, is, that's like saying, <laughs> hey, I'm really so lame and I'm just learning Snapchat. And so I know I'm a little late to this, but I'm cool. Yeah. On Twitter. On Twitter. I mean, I do think as a parent, if you're looking to super embarrass your kid. <laughs> Which I'm always no looking way. to do, yeah. Yeah, there's no better way than Snapchat and, and friending all of your kids' friends on Snapchat because they'll all follow you back because they just want tons of followers. Um, you know, a lot of kids put in their Instagram, they put their Snapchat ID. They want brands to follow them. They're engaging with brands on Snapchat all the time. But... You know, nothing, if you're really worried about your kid in Snapchat, just get on there and, and friend them and just post some really embarrassing sticker <laughs> crap. <laughs> so, so here's the really important question. The way kids gravitated off of Facebook when their parents got on and started posting embarrassing things or answering, commenting on their pictures or just being mm-hmm. really goofy and embarrassing. And then they, like my son is barely on Facebook. He actually canceled his account and came back on because he's looking for a new job and wants to have a social profile that someone can find him and say, yeah, this is right. an upstanding kind of guy. Um, I think, you know, it begs the question, if parents do start going on Snapchat and being really stupid, are kids going to leave? Are they going to move on to the next thing? You know, I think they will. I think we just don't know what that next thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't really moved on from Instagram. So it is interesting that people, the kids are still so, especially girls, are so invested in Instagram, That's even true. though their parents are there too. 
Yeah. But I think it doesn't have the same feeling as Facebook where everyone can see everything. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you, I mean, I'm not allowed to like any of my daughter's pictures on Instagram, but it's less invasive than the Facebook thing because it's just chopped up. It's not that big wall. It doesn't feel the same. And I think that's Snapchat too. Like it's disappearing. It's not, it's not so obvious that your parents are following you and sharing and doing embarrassing things. Yeah, that's true. So who's going to join Snapchat? Well, I'm trying. I actually, there was a big Snapchat session today at Hispanicize where I am and I missed it. Oh no. I was like, wait, I need a Snapchat session. Well, Rebecca, um, we'll count on you to join Snapchat and see, uh, see how you do. And then we'll follow you. Yes. Yes, you can follow me in my goat face on Snapchat. <laughs> well, I'd be curious to hear who's on Snapchat, if any of our listeners are using yeah. it. How, how are you using it? And can you help us? You know, tell us what to do. Give us some ideas. Give us some tips. and uh, Or tell us what you think. Or show us your goofy pictures. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> show us your cat face. <laughs> All right. Okay, who wants to go first for Bites of the Week? I can go first. Um so uh, my kids are not old enough yet for college essays, but eh, I guess just a couple more years for Jake, so it's not that far off. Um, there was this one girl named Brittany Stinson, and she was accepted into five Ivy League schools. And she thinks what did it, I'm, I mean, I'm sure her grades were great, I'm sure she had all the extracurriculars, but she thinks that it was her essay that did it. And um, this one site, where was it? Um, Business Insider. They reprinted her essay in full. So I'm going to post a link to it because it was um, – I'm confounded by this whole essay thing. Like, I really don't know what direction you're supposed to take to stand out but not be weird. This girl wrote about Costco. She wrote about, wrote about how going to Costco with her mom since she was a little girl just awakened her curiosity. And in the essay, she kind of uses Costco as a metaphor for life. And it's – I'm not – I'm not – doing this is my bite of the week because I think it's the best essay I've ever read. It's because I kind of want to know what other people think. Like, it was unique, but I didn't think it was fantastic. And this got her into five Ivy League schools. I read that. Someone posted it on Facebook, and I thought it was an April Fool's. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Look at the date. I thought that it was something that someone created as like a play on the perfect essay. It was posted on April 1st, so hopefully and, it was not a joke. And that, <laughs> I thought it was an April Fool's joke. What did you think, Rebecca? I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, um, I kind of got what she was getting at, but I also was wondering if it was April Fool's. Um, then again, I've read a lot of college essays, Um because I don't even know why I've read a lot of college essays. (laughs) I feel like when I was applying to college, I read a lot of, you know, those essay books, like the best college essays, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I could see if this was real, like why it would actually stand out just because they're so boring and formulaic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's either like someone on a tragedy or someone on, you know, it's always like a life lesson. Um, the best college essay I ever read was actually my friend, my good friend, Aaliyah, um, who's now a TV producer in L.A., who's still one of the smartest people I've ever known, who just, she wrote just a brilliant, really, really funny essay. And I always find those are the ones I like the best. 
Um, but I, I think it's just a daunting prospect for a kid to have to write an essay hoping to impress someone, not knowing what they really want, and just being 18. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't, so I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was, if it's real. Um, I mean, I know, Andrew, you talked about how your niece wrote about making stuffing. Yep. Yeah. And um, and that sounded brilliant. And I think at least what stood out to me about this essay, the Costco one, if it, if it is real, is how personal it really was. Yeah. Um, and uniquely personal. And that seemed to be maybe what was winning about it. I'm sure with, you know, God knows what her grades and her SATs and her everything else is anyway. Yeah. And she sounded like she's like a science girl, which I think is always a plus, like all that stuff. Yeah. And if it is true, it's nice to know that it doesn't have to be about community service in Costa Rica. I don't think anyone wants to read that. <laughs> I think so one of my know, favorite episodes of the Gilmore Girls is um which I highly recommend if you're applying to college, um, is there's an episode where Rory is applying to all these colleges and she's like gonna write about Hillary Clinton. She's just so excited because she's gonna write about why Hillary Clinton inspires her. And she goes to like a college night where they have all the admissions people and the, the guy from Yale is like, I just don't want to read another damn essay about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Exactly. All right. So my bite of the week is robotic vacuums. So I mentioned Ooh. at the top of the show, I had done a segment on Fox News. I tested three robotic vacuums. Guys, this was unbelievable. I have a housekeeper who comes every other week twice a month that's all uh but i have two cats we keep a pretty clean house especially since our son has moved <laughs> it's a lot cleaner and i tested these vacuums i used the new irobot roomba 980 uh, a botvac 80 i think was the model and something called a bobby pet b-o-b-i and I, I know. I thought that said booby when you when you. I it know. Off. I'm like that thing is called the booby. Well, the the around. anchor thought it was you know Bobby, and don't even get me started on the fact that the brand says it's Bobby, and we refer to her as a she, so that you're referring to the vacuum as a she. Way to reinforce every negative stereotype, but well, that's oh not for God. this. But um, so I ran the vacuums in different rooms after my housekeeper had been there. And I cannot even oh, no. begin to tell you how full the dirt bins on these vacuums were. Seriously. Oh, no, you fire your housekeeper. <laughs> well, it's really hard to get under a big double bed, under yeah, a big right. queen-size bed. It's hard to get under furniture. Um, I loved the iRobot. Of course, I'm a geek. It comes with an app. You know, you set it up with the app. It was so easy to use. Uh, of course, it's also the most expensive one. And we'll post um, the prices and mm -hmm. everything. But, you know, if you're in the market for one of these, I have to tell you, if you have allergies, if you have any kind of um, breathing issues, it really can help with the dust and the pet hair. The Neato one I liked a lot. It was far more affordable um, Bobby was good because it was the shortest of them all. It was 3.2 inches high, so it gets mm. under more furniture. All really worth a look if this is something, um, you know, it's an expensive luxury, I believe, but it, it doesn't take the place of everyday vacuuming, but it gets where you or others can't. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Um, my niece is so terrified of my sister and her Roomba. <laughs> that she like you can't ever ever have it on because she like goes screaming running oh, really? terrifies oh. her yeah 
My, my cat had such a good time chasing them. Yeah, we. I don't have a robotic vac, but I have a robotic Swiffer thing. And yeah, my cat just like chases it around the entire time. It's hilarious. It's fun. It's fun. And that's what um, I like. Some of them let you mop. Some of them have a mopping yeah. feature or a Swiffer Mine'll feature. Mine will mop and Swiffer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I like that. Um, so my bite of the week combines two of my favorite things, Hamilton and Amy Schumer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, me too. Um, so her show comes back, uh, Inside Amy Schumer comes back in two weeks, and as a promo for the show, she she put up a clip on YouTube of Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> coming to see her in the rehearsal studio. It's she and her sister doing a, I think she calls it a hip-hop-tastic uh, musical of Betsy Ross. And it is like the funniest thing you will watch because he is so deadpan yep. and such a great actor. Um, and his response to her trying to create this parody of Hamilton, basically, but very earnestly, is awesome and yeah. so worth watching. And I'm so excited for the next new season of her show. <laughs> and, you know, it's I mean, it's been a thing where like people won't stop telling him what his next musical right, needs right. to be. Um, but the funny thing is he just went on vacation. He was out of the show for a week and somebody on Twitter asked him because famously he, he picked up the Ron Chernow Hamilton book on vacation. I'm reading it right, right. now. It ain't a vacation yeah. book. So <laughs> no. I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, but he picked it up on vacation and was like, Oh my God! I have my next show. So somebody asked him. Apparently, you he wrote the music, the words over vacation as well. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so he needs to learn to relax. But so he he went on vacation last week, and somebody on Twitter said, "So did you find your next topic?" And he said, "Yes, I found it on the airplane on my way down to vacation. I'll see you in six years." Wow! So I'm dying <laughs> to know be what cool it is. To see. It was something in the Sky Mall catalog. I guess so. It's Sky Mall, the musical. <laughs> Or, you know, airplane, the emergency slide. Right. No, I can't wait. All right, guys. Rebecca, enjoy Miami. Tell us what you learned at the conference there. And uh, so glad you could join by phone. Yeah, stay there till it gets warm. Don't come back. Like, seriously, if you don't have to, it's frigid. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to. Uh, Those those pesky kids, you know? It'll it'll get warm again eventually. Eventually. Well, we will be back next week with more Parenting Bites. Until then, thank you so much for joining us. Please follow us on Twitter, uh, hashtag Parenting Bites. And go to our Facebook page, Parenting Bites as well, B-Y-T-E-S. And definitely go check out the new Parenting Bites website. We'll be posting these episodes and so much more along with resources and uh, go find us on iTunes rate us let us know what you think let us know if you're using Snapchat so (laughs) thank you for joining us thank you Amy I'm Andrea Smith have a great week